HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Hearst Ranch is a proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. Learn more about Hearst Ranch at hearstranch.com. My name is Hannah Forden. I'm the membership coordinator at Heritage Radio Network, but even before I joined the team, I loved listening to HRN during my subway commute. It made the time go quickly and left me feeling inspired for the day ahead. HRN listeners tune in from all over the world, but there are a few traits that we all have in common, no matter where we listen from. A curious palate, the fierceness to make a difference, and a hunger for lifelong learning about the culinary world. As you know, Heritage Radio Network is a listener-supported nonprofit. To deliver the most ambitious, entertaining, and of-the-moment stories in 2018, we need your help. We need to raise $150,000 by December 31st to accomplish these goals and to keep your favorite shows on the air. Together, we can make this HRN's most exciting, impactful, and delicious year yet. Become a member by donating today. Join us at heritageradionetwork.org slash donate, and you'll immediately start enjoying benefits such as VIP invitations to HRN events, where you will mix and mingle with your favorite hosts. Memberships also make a perfect holiday gift for all the foodies in your life. This year, why not give the gift of food radio? You'll hear your generosity in action for the year to come. Help keep our lights on and our mics hot by pledging your support today at heritageradionetwork.org slash donate. Thanks for listening. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The devil runs his groove in them rhythm and blues that sound. It's gonna get you some in the end. Welcome back. Are we here? Dave, are we live? I don't oh. think so. Oh, there we are. Hey, welcome back to the speakeasy. <laughs> hey, oh, Dave, a, welcome back to the mic. studio. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, you're on a different, you're on a different mic, mic uh, than you usually are. My oh, bad. Should I double mic it? <laughs> it's always a good idea. All right. No, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So here we are. <laughs> hey, Damon. How you doing, buddy? I'm well. Good to see you. Dude, yeah, you too. So, wait. Uh, Aaron Polsky was at your bar last night, huh? He was. All the way from L.A. at Harvard and Stone. He came back home, right? So he used to work at Amori Margo and... Uh, he was in town just for a few short days, but he reached out to me and said, "Hey, man, uh, I know you do a lot of charity work with Coup, and you know we got uh, uh, big fires blazing out in L.A. 
Um, what, are, what are the chances I can come just do a guest shift behind the bar tomorrow and, and raise some money for fire relief out there? And I was like, your chances are 100%, man. Let's do this. Hey, man. So he got behind the bar. We made some drinks uh, and raised some money for charity. Cool. Pretty rad. Did you do, uh, do pretty well? We did really well. I um, think we're going to have uh, around $500. Uh, if we can get some matching from, from some sponsors as well, we'll go higher than that. Um, but a lot of people showed up. <clears throat> uh, we drank some great stuff. Uh, uh, we were using uh, um, uh, Phil Duff's uh, new Old Duff Geneva in a Negroni-style cocktail. Um, for the first time ever at Amore Margo, we served a non-alcoholic cocktail. I saw uh, that. Because, uh, you know, he works for Seedlip. Seedlip yeah. makes the non-alcoholic distillates. So we were doing the no groni, where he came in early and he made uh, he made himself a, a, a non-alcoholic Campari and a non-alcoholic uh, vermouth style thing, uh, using botanicals that he got at uh, SOS Chef and and other places. Crazy! It was great, amazing, really fun. Yeah, and a, and a lot of people turned out. He's a, but, you know he was a, he was a popular character when he lived out here, so a lot of folks came to came out of the woodwork to see him. It was fun. Yeah, I remember when we were doing uh, when he and I had our uh, Cripple Creek cocktail pop-up thing yes we spent a lot of time in sos chef that place is amazing yeah between there and collusions you know we're just like kind of getting weird yeah you got the, you got sos collusions and and uh, uh flower power in, in the east village as well is a great spot to get yeah. a lot of herbs and botanicals cool yeah so he hooked it up it was really fun I know, man. um and people got introduced to some new stuff that they'd never seen before so it was great uh and we raised some money i'll, I'll have a total tally and we'll post it up on our facebook page uh probably later today yeah please do yeah, it's pretty Great. cool. What have you been up to? Um, quite a bit. Um, we had uh, a really nice Mictors event at uh, Grand Army on Monday. Thanks, John Holzinger and crew. And then we, actually, me and uh, uh, it was me and you know Jacob Cheddar. Uh, of course. We we went to Sweet Polly on Monday night. We were guest bartending. We thought we were guest bartending for their staff Christmas party, holiday party. And uh, we get there seven o'clock. The place is completely full. And, like, these aren't all people who work here. So they were open for regular service and uh, it was the didn't really tell us. They were like, yeah, we're just going to go to dinner. You guys hold it down for us. And we're like, what? What? <laughs> <laughs> You're guest bartending while we get out of here Yeah, for our holiday party. <laughs> so we had no menu. We didn't if we'd known we would put together, like, a special cocktail menu. The, the kitchen staff's gone, except for one guy, just plating cheese plates. And uh, we were just making it up as we went. And we're like, you know what? This is really weird, but... Uh, you know, a lot, of the, go with it. a lot of the things we do are really weird, <laughs> but that's great. Yeah, so we just, uh, while, while the parents were away, we, you know, took the ladder out and got up to the top shelf and started drinking all the cognac. Why not? <laughs> that's amazing. It was pretty good. Anyway, um, so why don't you introduce our guest today? Sure. In the studio today, we've got uh, Giuseppe Gallo, who's here to talk to us about Italicus. Hey, Giuseppe. Welcome to the show. Hey, guys. How are you? <laughs> Doing well. You're you going to be shy? Don't be shy. Um... <laughs> Giuseppe, you have created this new product. It's a Rosolio. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. And it's it's already kind of stealing my heart. Um, and we're going to get it on the bar tomorrow, Margo, for sure. Um, mm-hmm. But we need to know a little bit about your past first before we can talk about your present and then, of course, your future. So give, give us, without going into incredible detail about your CV, like, who, who the hell are you? <laughs> oh, very good question. Uh, I'm Italian. Yeah. <laughs> I'm 37 years old. I got a beautiful wife, two kids. I live in London, in the UK, for the last 12 years. Yeah. And I've been always working in hospitality. Like, you know, I got, when I was 18, 19, I started to travel for business, for, to work. 
I got a little bit of war in Italy, like I worked in Switzerland, France, here in New Jersey for two years. That's weird. Oh, the wilds of New Jersey. <laughs> yeah. You're doing in New Jersey. <laughs> yeah. And then I went back to Europe and I got myself to London in UK. Like, and that's where it's my home now, my business and everything. So I worked as a bartender. I still consider myself a bartender, not a good one, as you are guys. Like, I'm pretty sure you've got a few accolades for being a bartender. <laughs> I won a few cocktail competitions while I was just making a couple of classic Negronis. You know, back back in the days, 10 years ago, nobody knew what Negroni was. Yeah. So, like, it was pretty easy for an Italian going around, oh, I got this new bitter drink. You want to taste it? Like, you know, <laughs> so, like, you know, and, you know, I remember, like, one of the first time I made a Negroni with, like, a tequila base. Like, everybody, ooh, that's very interesting. Innovator. Like, hey, it's like something like completely new. Like, you know, for me, it was just like, you know, bread and butter. So. But um, no, anyway, like, you know, I worked like, you know, so many different, like, you know, places, made like, you know, star, um, the five star hotels. Like, when I got a degree on hospitality management, I worked for the Sanderson Hotel as bartender, head bartender, supervisor, bar manager, which is part of the Morgan's Hotel Group in London. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then after that, I joined the Bacardi Martini Group uh, on the global marketing office as a global brand ambassador for Martini. And then I became the advocacy manager, the global advocacy manager. I was lucky enough in 2014, I got the awards at Tales of the Cocktails, best new, uh, uh, best international ambassador of the year. Yeah. And um, pretty swank, pretty 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 solid award. And uh, and distinction. Then nothing after that. I said like you know I'll risk <laughs> everything I have. I try to launch my own business. You know, for an Italian, we're very conservative. Like we don't like to take risk. Like, you know, and I went back home two years ago and like, and I had a chat with my family, with my father, like with my mom, you know, Italians, we like family is very important. I said like, you know what, I'll quit my job and uh, I want to try to make a Rosoli again. And like, and my father is getting back to me on the conversation. He's like, you know, are you crazy or what? You got two kids, you got mortgage, you live in London, you got a night job, you leave everything to launch your Rosoli. Not even your grandma, she's 84 drink Rosoli in London. <laughs> it's like, that's the reason why I'm going to do it. And because uh, grandma doesn't drink it, it's, <laughs> it's risky to not be risky and, sometimes, yeah. yeah. And uh, I you mean, know. that's and that's a tremendous leap of faith in yourself. Uh, you know, I, I think it's a I don't know if brave is the right word, but a lot of people don't have enough faith in themselves to make a big leap like that. You took uh, you, you talk really fast, by the way. I want to back up and, and, and make sure everyone heard and understood what you said. It's not your accent, it's your speed. Um, you were the global brand ambassador and advocacy ambassador for Martini Rossi Vermouths. You, that's when I met you when you were yeah. doing that job. Yeah. Um, and you, you had a, a, a fine position that probably paid you a, a handsome salary. And you decided, I'm just going to quit this to resurrect a completely forgotten category. Like, how did you even? Uh, that's a, that's a question I have for you. If it was a forgotten category, which it was, no one had been making it for years, decades. Where, where did you come up with the idea to make it? Where were you? How did you stumble across it? When I started to do some research about vermouth and amaro, like you know, I always would find in those old Italian books about rosolio, rosolio here, rosolio there, from 1600, from 1700, and I said, what the hell is rosolio? Like, and so I started like, to do even more research and I went to the University of Turin, University of Florence, and had like so many different books talking about kings and queens drinking Rosolio. So then I started to find some different recipes. And, um, and I was, you know, traveling the world and doing training and education and seminars for bartenders. And always I would go out on this, you know, slide on presentation where you're talking about the marrow and vermouth and bitter. And then I had Rosolio. 
and I had all those bartenders. And I remember the session here in New York. We were at El Molino here in, in Manhattan four years ago. Like, I remember those guys raising their hands. They said, like, you know, where can I buy a Rosolio? And I can just switch myself. Like, you know, there is not a global international brand of Rosolio where those guys here, they can play with. Like, why? Why everybody try to make a Me Too product that nobody trying to make something really different, innovative, unique? So basically, you were going around giving some uh, educational lectures, and in your lectures, you just happened to mention Rosolio, but then you kind of were beta, there's some beta research, because you saw a lot of interest in that that side mention of something, and people were like, wait, what about that? Can we talk yeah, about that up, again? <laughs> so suddenly, you, that piqued your interest into maybe going into into making one. Yeah, correct. And I can, and my aim has been always like, you know, why everybody trying to make an Amaro Me Too? Why everybody trying to make like a, just like another vodka Me Too? Why nobody trying really to innovate in our industry? Like, you know, bring back like a forgotten category, try to work with like a unique flavor which doesn't exist. Hey, it's, it's a big, you know, risk, but like, you know, maybe on the long term it's going to pay off. Uh, I mean, yeah, I think... Uh Bartenders, craft bartenders in particular, they're always hungry for the new thing, even if the new thing is an old thing. You Absolutely. Know? And the uniqueness of the bartender's world, like us as a bartender, we innovate with emotion. We innovate with our hearts. Like in a big corporation, they innovate with numbers and figures and marketing. Like you know, They want to have a guaranteed return before they're going to risk anything. Sure. Like, you know, us as bartender, we are, you know, creative people. Like, you know, it's like let the imagination go. Yeah. Like, uh, that's what I try to do with Italicus. Yeah. Well, it's beautiful stuff. Excuse me. It's beautiful stuff, and you're already experiencing a pretty great deal of success, it seems. Uh, It's going so far so good. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, uh, last time I spoke to you, I think you were telling me uh, that all the projections were being shattered. You were just cruising through any number that you thought was going to happen. Yeah, when we we launched the brand on 1st of September 2016 in London, and, you know, the goal for year one, it was 10,000 bottles uh, between Italy and UK, where I live. And then after three weeks, we ran out of stock. It was like, okay, let's make maybe 20,000. And then after a month, we run out of stock. And then I said, okay, let's make 25,000. And then after three months, we run out of stock. So projections, they're going far beyond any expectation. We are right now in 21 markets around the world. 21 markets just since September of last year. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty impressive, man. That's some fast moving. That's crazy. Uh, let's talk about some of the research. What did you do to find this stuff? It, it's funny and it's weird. Like you know, in Italy, in, you know, I got probably like in two great Amaro and Vermouth lovers over here. We got so many yep. beautiful old books. Like where you can get all this like you know, recipe and information and different categories about anything, olive oil and you know, rosolio and vermouth and like you know, and cakes and pizzas. Like but it's just in Italian. Yeah. So basically, outside of Italy, nobody got access. And, you know, and, and the weird stuff that, like, you can buy those books for, you know, five euro, ten dollars, like, in a local shop market, like, in a little city in Italy. And I started to collect all those books, starting to search for different recipes. And then I came across the recipe called Rosolio di Torino, where apparently used to be the Rosolio that the first king of Italy used to drink. And uh, he has uh, gentian, Roman chamomile, lavender, lemon balm, and roses. 
And so like, it sounds pretty interesting in terms of botanical pack. Like, you know, let me try it. So I took the recipe. I went to a small distillery near Turin. It's like, you know, can we try that? And we taste the liquid. Guess what? Disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> Undrinkable. Undrinkable. <laughs> and I said, like, why? Why? And I'm like, I remember the master distiller telling me, like, you know, we don't drink, we don't eat as people they used to do 200 years right. ago. Yeah, Correct. I mean, your palate's changed over time. And, like, yeah. And like so, we kept the same botanicals, but we just like you know changed the ratio, like you know, the way how we macerate the botanicals, the way how we treat them, like you know old dry botanicals. Like, and I was like okay, that's very interesting. And then I did want to add my own personal touch, which was basically the bergamot citrus fruits from south of Italy, where I'm coming from. And that's where we are today with Italicus. That's it's beautiful stuff, and we're gonna. We're going to taste some of it when we come back. We're already t- drinking some of it right now in an IPA. What do we call it? What do you call it? Ipalicus. Ipalicus. <laughs> with a very strong Italian accent. Yes. Ipalicus. Uh, so we're drinking an IPA with some of this uh, delicious stuff in there. Which makes uh, a lot of which sense. Is, I mean, it's great. Hops and the bergamot are like... Cousins, right? Yeah. I'm getting uh, a lot of ideas for cocktails. From yeah. This. Well, you know, this is not a new idea, really. You know, it's uh, uh, the French call it a mer de fleur de beer when you put yeah. an amaro in your beer or what have you. Sure. like. This is, uh, it, it made, but specifically the burger, man. Yeah, it made total sense. Uh, he, he walked in and he was, I was like, oh, you brought some for us to taste. He goes, yeah, do you, do you think the bar has an IPA? And I was like, oh, yeah, I'll be right back. <laughs> yeah, I'm especially having like kind of flavor flashbacks right now because I stopped drinking caffeine like a while back. I know, you used to be so, the sweet tea man. Yeah, but I also, I love Earl Grey and like I love it because it had bergamot in it. Yeah, so like course. it's like flavor that I haven't had in a while. So I'm really having a jolly good time with it <laughs> yeah well also well, we'll talk more about bring when we come back but we we need to break away for uh some station identification and some sponsorship uh, information who knows what's going on dave take us out we'll be back uh, with uh giuseppe gallo from italicus Hearst Ranch is a proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. The Hearst family has been raising cattle on the rich, sustainable native grasslands of California's Central Coast for over 150 years. Piedra Blanca Rancho in San Simeon is the original Hearst Ranch, founded by George Hearst in 1865. George's son was the famous publisher, William Randolph Hearst. In addition to being known for building the iconic Hearst Castle, William was, like his father before him, an avid rancher. In his words, I would rather spend a month at the ranch than any place in the world. Thanks to one of the largest land conservation easements in California history, a joint effort with the California Rangeland Trust, the American Land Conservancy, and the state of California, the working landscape at Hearst Ranch will be preserved forever. Learn more about Hearst Ranch at hearstranch.com. the hell dave <laughs> <laughs> why you keep uh, i did it again why you keep leaving dave out of this <laughs> i did it again I, I like i do this in my sleep and i keep forgetting you're on that other mic <laughs> my oh, bad blame damon we'll fix it in post um why all right like why? we always do <laughs> so we're back and we've been talking with giuseppe gallo about italicus um what do you got, He's got the hand? accent down 
I have to practice because I'm going back to Italy in three weeks. Um, so uh, why don't you pour some of that out so we can try I'm it? Pour, first, I'm smelling it. It smells amazing. Because, you know, bergamot is also a, a, um, it's a, a major ingredient in a lot of scents, a lot of perfumes and, and colognes. Mm-hmm. This stuff out of the bottle just smells amazing. I wouldn't know because you're well, hogging it over there. I'm passing it to you right now. <laughs> Pass that over to that guy. That's, that's actually the idea where it came from. It was from perfume. I don't wear much perfume, but I love to study them and the way how they do the formulation. And if you look mm. at lots of like you know brands coming up on the last ten years, they all full of bergamot. Yeah, bergamot is a massive player in the in the scent world. Um, I was uh, lucky enough to go to a <clears throat> educational event that was called. Uh, I'm not going to remember what the title of the thing was, but it, but the, the whole uh, gist of the thing was uh, we, we smelled a lot of scents and perfumes, and then we smelled a lot of whiskeys and gins, and we compared how and why those things work together. And then I was like uh, very, very much like uh, the world of Amaro, and especially tincture bitters. Like tincture bitters are as close to perfume as anything can be. Sure. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so let's, let's give this thing a whiff and a taste. So the first thing you need to smell is a bergamot. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah. Like, you know, and if you smell bergamot, that means you've got that all gray citrus refreshing notes to your nose. It's a cool color, too. It's almost it's, like, like a pale, absinthe kind of color, like really like light green. Eh, it looks like water. Well, <laughs> to you, you're colorblind. <laughs> It's um, Natalie just texted me to say bergamot is in her perfume. That's that's why my <laughs> phone just made that noise. I'm sorry. She's on one of those things where it makes noise no matter what. The the color is uh, is all natural and it's coming just from the three extra to be using it. Uh, one of them we do um, a cold maceration for about seven eight days and the color of that macerate that extract that elixir like that's what it gives the color to the italicus. Cool. Wow. It's freaking delicious, man. It's super delicious. It's like very, that perfumey hit on the aroma, and then it's got a really very citrusy, citrus oil. It's like oily on my palate. Yeah. What is that citrus again? It's that big one. Uh, The Cedro. 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 And this guy looks like a... It's like a giant, like, bumpy lemon. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's like a lemon the size of, like, an ugly fruit, right? Yeah. And the skin is super thick. So there's tons of oil, not a lot of flesh inside the thing, but the oil is what you're after with this thing, right? It's a typical from uh, Sicily in Italy. Yeah. Using a lot of, like, you know, ricotta cannoli, those kind of, like, you know, pastry stuff. Mm-hmm. It's full of cedro there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's got that citrus burst, and then it's kind of towing the line of a little bit of sweet, a little bit of bitter. It's delicious. You got a little bit of Roman chamomile and lavender. Yeah, is so explosive. And then at the end, you got that little bitterness coming from the gentian. They're kind of like whiskey and like a little molasses coming from the brown beet sugar, which actually identifies the rosolio as a category versus any other liqueur, which is just using refined sugar. So the, ca- the, the category identifier is using brown beet sugar? Yeah. Huh. That's interesting. How, uh, but it's not caramelized because the thing is clear. Yeah. Right. So it's just... Brown beet sugar that hasn't been refined. Yeah. That's amazing. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and it does give it, like, a, a nice viscosity. It's not, like, syrupy thick, but it's mouth-coating. It's, yeah. um, it's only 21% uh, of sugar per liter. 
that are almost half of any other aperitif you will find in the market nowadays. Yeah. That's because of the sugar. So it's so rich, and like oh. you don't need to use that much. Cool. That's shocking. Half the amount of sugar of typical aperitif. That's mm. that's shocking because it's very rich and full on the yeah, on the for palate. sure. I'm just like my mind's kind of racing right now. I know we're kind of like quiet on the show. <laughs> That's right. I, you're probably the same way. You're just like thinking about like what um, you're yeah. gonna do with it. The wheels are turning. Yeah, yeah. totally. Uh, I mean, the first thing I want to do with stuff all the time is drink it. Like I want it right now. <laughs> I want yeah. it right now, neat like this. I want it over ice. I want to try it with a bit of seltzer. Yeah. I think we've talked before. One of the things I like to try things with all the time to kind of just kickstart the wheels turning is I try stuff just with with bubbly wine. Yeah, I'd love to of just, course. I'd love to just fifty fifty like this with a prosecco. Yep. Uh, we were talking with Bianca last week. About exactly. That. See yeah. where that takes my mind. So you're going to make a spritzicus. Spritzicus. <laughs> we got the Ipalicus and the spritzicus. Everything becomes Latin. It's like uh, it's like uh, the old uh, the, the old Warner Brothers cartoons where they have the Latin underneath the Roadrunner. Right. <laughs> it actually works very well with uh, Prosecco, Cava, like sparkling wine yeah. on the rocks. Yeah. Over ice. Like nice, refreshing aperitif. Yeah, that, that burst of citrus is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, like again, that bergamot is really enticing and draws in, draws you in because it's such a, it's such a familiar aroma. Yeah, it. Uh, but like you're fascinating. Before, it's like it just it it's kind of like settled into a lot of different things that you've smelled and tasted. You know, it's like it's it's identifiable, but it's also subtle. It's like, huh? But in this, is it's it, like just really it's there. So, uh, speaking of uh, identifiable, um, your packaging is very impressive. Yeah, that's. Uh, I took that. a photo when I you 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 had gotten me a bottle some time ago, and I took a photo of this and put it on my Instagram, uh, just lying flat on the table. The bottle lying flat on the table, one of the tables at Koo, and it got a ton of reaction and a ton of response. People just kept writing in to say, "What what is that? It's just gorgeous." Um, this was before, I think it was... This was whenever you were here to talk about it. I guess was that was that the launch? Um, yeah, like in a few months ago, yeah. Yeah, yeah, some... It was back in like the spring, I think. Um, so yeah, let's talk about the bottle some. Uh, it's beautiful. It's... Uh, well, why don't you describe it? It's meant to look sort of like a Roman column. Yeah. It's, uh, I have to say, first of all, like in the picture you posted, yeah. you got so many likes and so many photos because you're a very good photographer. I'll get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> right, so. I'm a colorblind photographer. I'm swinging in the dark all the time. <laughs> I, think, I think I can say that one openly here. Like, you know, like you know, one of my like, you know, brain as a reference in terms of like, you know, BVI and images is actually like a, a Brooklyn brand, like Brooklyn Gin. Sure, you you're probably say- familiar with. You were yeah. saying that off the air, yeah. And it, it, you know, when once you said it, I started to see it. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. So, you know, Damon. Damon. Yeah, Damon. I work, is, I work with Brooklyn Gin. Damon is the vibes for Brooklyn Gin. I don't know if <laughs> he gave you his card, but did you see his his title? No, no, I haven't. Vibes. 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 Do you know what this means in English? No. <laughs> He's like, no. no the vibes okay. player. He's putting out the vibes, man. <laughs> just, oh yeah, sure. He creates the atmosphere. <laughs> he just creates the vibe. The vibe of Brooklyn Gin. Right yeah, there. there's mm-hmm. definitely like some. I, I'm not gonna say similarities, but it, there's some nods to the the packaging and everything. It's beautiful. I mean, like even with the kind of like slightly kind of blue green glass. Um, but even that was a pain in the ass, right? This yeah. isn't a blue green glass. It was painted, right? Yes, 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 yes. So these glasses get painted, and it's a multi-stage thing. I remember from your talk months yeah. ago. It was back in the spring. Yeah, it's the it's probably like a, the most complicated Wait. process you can oh, go through. Oh, it's not the glass color. It's <laughs> no, actually painted. No. Oh, yeah. Jesus! <laughs> right? 
Yes, it's um, no. F- first of all, like you know, when I started to work on a brain, like uh, the last thing I want to do is like you know to try to replicate this like you know grandma, grandpa style of brain, sure. like a spaghetti and mandolina. Like as you no, Italy is not <laughs> just about that. So like also we love pizza, we love spaghetti, but also like you know, Italy is about design. Yeah. It's about fashion. It's about elegance, um, and that's what I want to try to replicate into Italicus. So first of first of all, like you know, the bottle shape is inspired by the Roman column. For a very simple reason, like you know, I was trying to find a common shape that you will find anywhere in Italy, from a small village to a big city. And wherever you go in Italy, you will find like a Roman column somewhere. This Roman column, we got 10 lines going through from up to down. So I divide, uh, multiplied by two is 20, like the 20 regions of Italy, where we're sourcing all the local ingredients. Every single ingredient, every single element, every single piece of the bottle is coming from Italy. That's why we say it's grow, harvested, and made in Italy 100%. Uh, the color, obviously, when you think about Italy, you think about the Mediterranean, so like the yeah. seaside and Capri and Sicily and Venice. Now, when you look at the seaside, you see that this like, you know, green color turning into the blue, turquoise blue, when it got a little bit more deeper. Like uh, that's what we try to replicate with the color. So when the bottle is full with the liquid, he got this, like, you know, green aquamarine uh, color. Yeah. And when the bottle is empty, it's actually blue aquamarine. What? This color, it doesn't exist in nature. So, like, you know, we came up with this color with seven mix of different colors together. And we actually, we trademarked the color. It's called Italicus aquamarine. <laughs> you trademarked the color? <laughs> Italicus aquamarine. Italicus yeah. aquamarine. aquamarine. Yeah. And, that is uh, cool, though. I, like, coming from a graphic design background... Yeah, I don't I, I'm like I, looking at this. I don't know like, if you knew that. Damon Damon has a degree in graphic design. So yeah, I'm like I'm looking at the bottle now that we poured a little bit out. You and you're right, because of the kind of like the greenish yeah, because like yeah. of the greenish yellowish hue, the very light oh, okay. in the glass. And then you can see like where the bottle's blue, it turns it into more of a green. That's cool <laughs> as hell, man. <laughs> And I have to say that the agency who done that, Stranger Stranger, is one of the most famous packaging design agency in the world. Like they've been awesome. They've done a phenomenal job. And actually, we'll see from the bottom to the top. Like always, going to get this green and blue. And and then like you know, we we designed the cap, which is probably the most expensive cap you can find in the industry. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was a kind of a suicide, but you know, we we're trying to work out with that. And he got this black and white color with the gold bands. It is full inspired by the Santa Maria Novella Church in Firenze, where uh, yeah. uh, you were a few months ago. And, yeah. <laughs> and the reason why we inspired the cup from the Santa Maria Novella in Firenze is because Caterina de' Medici was one of the first queens on the Second Renaissance to introduce Rosolio as a drink to the future kings in Europe, the King of France or the King of England. And she used to give a little glass of Rosolio to all the people that will go to the church after the church. She was cool. one of the most magnificent queens in Italy. And then on top, obviously, you got the logo, which is inspired by probably the most famous, you know, symbol of Italy, which is the Vitruvian Man by Leonardo da Vinci, in a shape and form of Bacchus, the god of wine. But instead of harvesting grapes, he's harvesting bergamot. Cool. And that is where you can find my only family touch which is basically my second daughter gloria uh, gloria means glory in italian like you know and because we opened the company on the 3rd of march 2016 when my second daughter was turning two years old so we thought it was nice to try to associate them both and if you look at the bottle from the bottom you will see this one is basically a bergamot cut into the half uh, yeah <laughs> that's amazing 
I I really get off on these guys of details. That is, no, that's I'm getting off. That's a, that's really amazing. I, wow. Yeah, I'm staring at the. It's almost like a curio. Is that what that's called? The like the brooch that people yeah, the ladies yeah. wear. So it's like white, and it's it's the it's Bacchus, but it's it's kind of your daughter's face, and then she's harvesting bergamot. It's amazing with the little wings. It's a, it's really gorgeous. Yeah, I think that's. I'm really glad that you thought about the details. There's I so mean, many like companies who come up with like a, a new product and they just buy like just your standard glass, blank, yeah, and, blank bottle, whatever. Yeah. And like a lot still, of times you still have enclosure. to. Yeah, you got to. Is it price? Like some people have to, you know, to get going. But like, it's I kind of I would rather come out with the exact perfect design uh, packaging. You know, like and then I mean, th- it means a lot. To change it, 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 later. Mean, it means a lot. It seems it's money well spent. You know, look at yeah. uh, look at what well, he's he's referencing the fact that he referenced Brooklyn Gin. That's great packaging as well. Yeah. Look at look at Phil Duff's new bottle. That's yeah. a gorgeous label, and the bottle shape is is uh, you know really appealing. That people people are drawn to those things, yeah. uh, you know. I learned I've learned this actually from you over the time that we've hung out a lot together. I watch my guests and I see which bottles they point at, and I I start to understand that if they don't recognize what's in the bottle, they're going to start to recognize the bottle, and then they're going to ask about the bottle. So think outside the bottle. I guess so, man. <laughs> like, you know, because this wasn't a concern of mine in any way. Yeah. Um, until, honestly, until we've talked about this a lot about different products that we've had on yeah, the show but, or, but or times when we bit at bars and we point you point at something and I'll be like, oh yeah, okay, I'm starting to get but it. But you're also, you, you have the mind of a chef. So like, I think whatever you're, the presentation of what you're, whatever you're making, like traditionally for you is whatever the thing you see at the very end. It's not coming from a package. Sure, that's true. You know. Yeah, I'm used to taking something and making something out of it. Right. Um, but it means a lot, and I notice it all the time. You know, at Amoria Margo, there's so many bottles on the back bar, so very many bottles on the back bar, and there's probably 10 or less that get asked about all the time. And I, I realize more and more that's because of their design. Like, if yeah. people go, what is that in that tall, skinny bottle? What is that in that bottle with that particular label? There's probably 10 that I can think of that people ask about consistently, yeah. and I'm guessing this is going to be one of those 10. Because yeah. <laughs> it's gorgeous. It's very appealing to look at. Uh, it's actually really appealing to hold as well. I've been holding it most of this interview. It's got a good <laughs> weight. It feels good and balanced. I don't know. It's a great bottle. Um, and that just shows that it's attention to detail that you're that, that uh, you know what you've put into the juice. You're putting you're, you're surrounding the juice with it, right? It's it's also us as as a bartender as a professional. We have a functional approach new spirits to liquid so first of all we want to understand how the liquid tastes like we're going to perform with soda or tonic or prosecco uh, normal consumers southern consumers like you know they react emotionally so the first thing we have to engage with the bottle like is the style the beauty and we all know that like you know bars and bartenders the key is very important to get our brands out there but sooner or later every brand need to get on a shelf in a shop like, you know, yeah. you know, 80% of consumers, they're buying with the eyes. Well, they Saint, have to. St. Germain, for instance. <laughs> sure, of yeah. course. They it's have something to. that you can gift to someone else, and yeah. it's just, ever, and a lot of times it's more about the the packaging than the so, actual. I, I would assume, yeah, many times that's probably Although true. Although St. Germain is a and I, great product. Yeah, of course. And I think I'd have to, uh, you know, it's, it's, again, slow understanding for me to come around to the idea. But you're right. Uh, you're going to come and talk to me. You're going to come and introduce me to this stuff. Uh, you know, you're going to face trade and you're going to get the, the information out to me, then I'm going to disseminate that to the public. But if this is just on the shelf at a store 
it needs to be compelling with nobody there to sell it. Yeah. Someone sure. has to walk up and see this bottle and think, I want that. I don't know what's in it, but I want it. Right? Yeah. That was the whole point behind <laughs> the packaging. It's, uh, and I have to say, like, we, we are not in so many retail shops, but where we are right now, in London or Barcelona or Rome or New York, the bottle is flying. It's flying. And the consumers don't even know what it is. They're just buying it. And now before Christmas, it's like they're flying double up. Because <laughs> like they're just buying. It's a nice gift to give to your friends, to your family. Are you in duty-free? Uh, not yet. <laughs> that's a devious grin. Because that's uh, I could see a lot of that yeah. happening in GD Free Man. Uh, like, yeah. Whoa, shit! I'm just take one of these. I have no idea what it is. Sure. Get home and be surprised when I crack it open. Yeah. It's so delicious. We we, we were very lucky because in less than 15 months we got almost I think overall 31 awards. And lots of them, they were like, you know, best packaging, new packaging, luxury packaging. like, you know, we got all this recognition from the whole industry. Like, you know, really, really proud of it. I think that's also a testament to a bartender design product. You know what I mean? Just understanding, like, that side of, like, customer service and understanding what appeals to customers, like, both on the other side of the bar or in the shop. It's like, I think it, I think definitely when a bartender creates a product and designs it it typically comes out looking and tasting like this so i mean like the whole the whole product itself is just really cool congratulations by the way i'm, I'm glad this you say amazing. that i'm glad you say that because uh, it's, the, it's the whole point of the project italicus for me it's like actually to showcase that bartenders we can make the difference innovating with emotion and not just with you know simple marketing rules yeah. like you know that's what uh, with italicus i'll try to prove and hopefully it's going to be an inspiration for so many other bartenders. So we're going to see a lot of new products, new brands coming up in the next few years from bartenders. Because, like, we are creative people. So yeah. let's yeah, try to cool. do that. Yeah. Again, the wheels are turning over here. I'm thinking, right. gin- I'm thinking something with ginger. And then, oddly, is it weird for me to think of this as, like, poolside? No, not at all. Smell this. Is it because it's, like, 15 degrees in New York City right now? No, <laughs> it's because this aroma is somehow making me think of, like, I don't know. It's very like it's super refreshing. It's like when you when you have bergamot oh, and like Earl Grey, it's like frozen. kind of like you know it's got the tannic side. But then when you have the bergamot in this, it's like citrusy and lively and like fresh and like I want to whip it into something frozen or a swizzle. I'm a, yeah. suck, I'm a sucker for a swizzle. Everybody knows that. It's like my Achilles heel. <laughs> <clears throat> it's like it seems so wrong, right? I'm the guy who's like Mr. Bitter, but like if I see a swizzle walk by in a bar, that's it. I'm ordering that. Yeah, you get to play with your. Drink. I have to have it. Like, I just have to have, and then I just drill it, and then I have to be like, okay, back to something bitter. So I'll slow down. This is great. Can we backtrack a little bit though? Earlier in the show, you said uh, something along the lines of you, you you went to your family and you said, "I'm going to do this thing," and your dad your dad called you crazy. Has he changed his mind? He did. He did. He did. He's probably like the after, biggest achievement after, I had so far. After, after all the awards and all the record-breaking, well, or not, not maybe not record-breaking, but uh, expectation-breaking sales, has Dad humbled himself and said, okay, you, you, this is a good idea? Or it's, is that how it works in Italy? I don't know. My dad would probably be like, well, it, still. It's, it's, <laughs> it, no, it's, it's so weird because... Obviously, you go to Italy, even like young people, like you know, even like you know, guys from my age. I'm not that old; like I'm just below forty. But you know, they don't know what Rosolio is. Like you know, my father heard about Rosolio. He never even drank Rosolio, like because it was his mother and like you know, and father drink. 
And and now you see like you know, something coming back. So like he goes around the town with a little newspaper. Like you see, this is my son. <laughs> <That's cool. laughs> you see, this, this is cool. my boy. Like uh, so, it's like. But uh, hey, to be honest, like you know, I'll, I'll I'll be like you know very honest. Like this one, when we started to work two years ago, it was a kamikaze project. Yeah. Like we're talking about, you know, a, a category which is not really growing. We're talking about a very expensive, you know, producing liquid and packaging. Like you know, all Italians like in you know, a super premium like category which it doesn't exist. You know, you you guys like you know, really expert. You know what bergamot is, but I can tell you, ninety-seven percent of consumers they have no clue what a bergamot. Right. So like you know, so it's like you want to launch something which is in a category which doesn't exist. The category is declining, and nobody knows what this citrus fruit is. So like, are you crazy or what? So it, it does make sense from a rational point of view. But what I've just said, like, you know, we are bartenders. Like, you know, we work with our hearts. Like, you know, we innovate with emotion. Like, you know, that's what I try to follow, just like, you know, my instinct. Like, you know, and hopefully, finger crossed, it's going to work out. I feel like uh, right. I feel yeah. like you're on, you're on your way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, you are, t- can you run down the states you're available in again? New York, Florida, Texas. Uh, Illinois, California, uh Boston, Massachusetts, and uh, DC. Cool. Just the city of Boston. That's weird. Not, uh, the, not, not the whole state. The, the whole state. state yeah, okay. like yeah. mainly in Boston. So. But you're mainly in Boston. And yeah. we try, like, to focus to keep now, but we keep getting requests to open to other states. So we'll see. Well, you got to keep up with production. And you don't want to, you know, you don't want to sacrifice any quality, right? You got to, no. you got to no. be able to grow to, at a rate that no. you can grow at and maintain the quality. Uh, but then there's other there's other outlets. Like if I live in the middle of the country, I can. Uh, are you carried at Astor Wine and Spirits here in New York? Yes, we are. And they yeah. sell online. So you know, if you're listening and you're out there somewhere that he didn't just list, then Astor Wine and Spirits is your go-to for delivery. Uh, and it's a, it's a really delightful product, and I'm super excited for you. Um, we just got on uh, Binnie's in Chicago. Oh, Binnie's, yeah, yeah, that's huge. Yeah. The, and they do they do a. Uh, um, uh, online sales as well, right? Correct. They're and they're huge. I think they're bigger than Aster because they have multiple locations. Right. Yeah, they got Maybe. like over forty locations in Illinois. Wow. And uh, Total Wine in Florida. Right on. And a few more to come next year. Of course, so we'll see. But um, keep on keeping on. Um, let's talk about some social media real fast because I'm sure your I'm sure your taskmaster Hannah Lee would want you to talk about that stuff. <laughs> um, you're on uh, Instagram at Italicus. RDB. RDB. It stands for Rosolio di Bergamotto, so Italicus RDB. is our hashtag Italicus, very simple. Easy. Uh, Facebook, like, you know, Italicus Rosolio di Bergamotto. You can get us on our page. You can get on our website, www.rosolioitalicus.com. On our Twitter page, Twitter is just Italicus RDB again. Like, you know, we got a YouTube channel under Italicus as well. You got a YouTube channel? Yeah, we do. What are you filming? Uh, we just make video, how to drink it, how to make cocktails. We go to see some great bartenders. We're filming them to make some great cocktails with Italicus, so we share it with consumers. Oh, I must have missed that email from Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> I should have had the rim shot ready. hey I uh, oh, that's cool. I didn't know you had a. Uh, you know, is that a new thing? Like, are people doing YouTube channels for booze now? I, I, I don't watch YouTube. I know that there's much. like small screen network. Right, that's that been around stuff. for, but that's more like you know shows. That's not really just a brand having its own channel. Oh yeah. I don't know. 
Is there a difference? Whatever, it doesn't matter. That's great. So you've got a lot of ways for people to reach you. You've got a lot of ways for people to find you. You're just featured right now. In the, is this the current issue? You brought a magazine with you. Is that the current issue of Sever? Correct, yes, it's Sever. Current, but it's, the, it's this month's issue? Uh, just came out last week. Just came out last week. You're uh, written up in yeah. there. Featured like, as like one of their favorite uh, holiday spirits. Yeah, man. This holiday is, spirits. This is get into the holiday spirit with some holiday spirits. Uh, yeah, this juice is delicious. Um, really excited for you and for the for the brand and, and for the public, frankly, to, to show them something new and uh, have them enjoy it. Absolutely, man. Yeah. Let me put this on the bar to more. Uh, here in New York, you're uh, with Empire, right? Yeah, correct. Yeah, we'll get it. Done. We'll get it right away. Done. Done and done. Um, it's going to be a... Uh, um, it's been great having you on the show. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for your passion. Thank Thanks you. for everything you've done for the industry in the past and, the, and what it appears that you're going to do for us in the, uh, going forward. Like, you're you're a titan. Um and I'm proud to know you as a friend. Thank uh, you. Yeah, of course. Um, it's going to be a bit of a bumpy ride coming up. We're, we're going to be here next week um, live, but then the following three weeks, uh, we're going to have to figure out some time to do some pre-records because I guess Dave Tadashore, our producer, has decided he's going to take a million years off and leave us <laughs> high and dry so we got nobody to come. Adios. Nobody to come work with us. Thanks, pal. Adios, amigos. Appreciate that. Um, but so we've got one more live show to do before the end of the year. That'll be next uh, Wednesday. We got uh, we just mentioned him actually. Alan Katz is going to be on the show. Uh, but then some other shows that won't necessarily uh, won't necessarily fall in any particular order. We got Stammy Ross coming up. Uh, we got the team from Jupiter Disco. We got uh, uh, John Tebow, Rob Morton. Um, Willie Shine, a bunch of cool folks coming up. They're going to talk about some. Oh, Maggie Hoffman's going to be on, talk about her new book. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we got some cool folks coming up uh, in no particular order. Uh, so stay tuned and, and, and listen when you can. Uh, that's all I've got. If you want to take us out, oh wait, uh, maybe they told us to read one of these real <laughs> fast. Um, I'm just going to read the shortest one. Uh, it says, we need to raise $150,000 by December 31st to keep this show on the air. It says specifically this show. Um, I don't know if that's 150 grand is just for us. Um, yeah, watch but, out. Yeah, but we're in the, in the midst of our uh, end-of-year push for our fundraising for Heritage Radio Network. Uh, any little bit helps, uh, and it'll help you feel good about listening to the show, uh, knowing that you donated to, to help keep us on the air. So head on over to Heritage Radio Network, click on the beating heart, and donate to, to keep this and many other shows on the air. Um, that's all I've got, Dana. That's it for me, too, man. Thanks for listening to Speakeasy. Thank you, Giuseppe Gallo uh, of Italicus. Italicus. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Um, and tune in to Heritage Radio Network for many more programs like this one. Until next week. Cheers, everybody. Cheers and ciao. Salute. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. 
Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.